Hey folks, uh, welcome to another Spooky Appalachia. So tonight I'm joined by Jared from Jared King TV. Hey folks, how you doing? We're going over some spooky Appalachian witch stories. Yeah, which I believe is a very first for your channel, right? That's correct. We've never done any, well, we've done the, the Black Sisters well, yeah, so yeah, I guess that counts, but we figured for in the spirit of Halloween that we would go over five Appalachian witch stories just for you guys. Absolutely. Jared, um, I believe that you were going to read the first one. Yeah. Now, folks, this story was sent to me by one of my dear friends, Hassie Bell. She said, when I was in my early 20s, so there was this old lady everybody said was a witch. And she lived down the road from us. So she was always in the mountains gathering herbs and such. So I used to think that she was an herbalist of sorts. Till one night, me and two cousins were walking home from going to the picture show. We was walking down the road, and all of a sudden, we began to hear something. Almost like somebody talking or mumbling, coming just from the wood line outside the road. Well, us being young and a little nosy, went to investigate. So as we got through the wood line out the road, we heard it more clear, so we knew we was close. We come up on a small clearing under some pine trees. And there was this old witch woman. She had a small fire and had something in her hand. Also had a big old pot over the fire. And she was waving her hands and rocking back and forth while she was on her knees while mumbling something that my cousin later said was chanting. What scared us the most is the fact that there was no possible way she could have heard us. Yet she suddenly stopped, turned around, and looked exactly where we were hunkered down. She smiled and waved. We jumped and ran, and as she began to look we jumped and ran as she began to laugh. So I've never been so scared in all my life. And we ran all the way home. So we agreed not to say anything to our parents. And for weeks after, whenever I'd see her passing by, she'd slow down. And no matter where I was inside or what, She'd look directly at me, smile, wave, and cackle out laughing before walking on her way. Ooh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I said, whoo. Man, when I, when I first read that one, man, that sent chills up my stomach. It, it gave me the chills while you were reading it. I'm telling you, that's just one of them. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. <clears throat> 
Well, for our next story, I was going to talk about the Black Sisters from Christiansburg, Virginia. This is a wild one. Yeah, they they were rumored to be uh, witches in that. This is from the town I grew up in. I don't live there anymore, but they, they were big talk of the town, even you know, a hundred years later. Right, right. That's why I start to say they have been for a long time. Uh, and everybody that went to uh, the Christiansburg uh, Middle and High School, everybody was always saying they saw something weird or strange. And then the the building, the Christiansburg, the old Christiansburg Middle School was on top of their former um, college, I believe it was. And that's why it was haunted or said to be haunted by them. Like I would go there. It wasn't my main school, but I went there some and my grandma worked there and it just always felt, uh, you know how some of those paranormal type places are. If you visit, they just have a heaviness to them, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, but it, it just doesn't feel right. And you want to get out of there. That's how it felt yeah. to me. It, it just did not feel right. And I always wanted to get out of there. Wow. And what I always thought was in, uh, interesting about this story here, especially about the black sisters is the more you dig into it, researching it and history and everything else, the more you dig, the more you find, you know, there's so many families out there that has stories, uh, you know, people, you know, from, uh, their family history that passed down from, you know, back when they were around and things. And it's just, they just, it's just so wild. Mm-hmm. This might be one of the most well-known haunting and witch stories around. I believe so. I believe There's so. There's even a movie about them now. Yeah, it sure is. I don't know if you saw that. I ain't, man. I definitely, I need to look that up for sure. I need to, too. Especially since it's from my my former town. Right. But I'll go ahead and get into it. All right. This story is about the Black Sisters of Christiansburg, Virginia. I've heard many stories about the Black Sisters. Today, I will share with you some of the local legends and stories that I've heard growing up. From what I can find, the three sisters were called the Black Sisters because they wore all black clothing. They wore black shoes, dresses, gloves, hats, and veils, as though they were going to a funeral or mourning. Because they dressed this way, they quickly became the talk of the town, and most folks accused them of being witches. Their names were Mary Sneed, Caroline Martin, and Virginia Warlord. Mary and Caroline came to Christiansburg around 1902 to help their sister Virginia run the Montgomery County Female Academy. Around this time, a, a few mysterious events began to happen. First, there was the disappearance of a controversial, illegitimate baby birthed by one of the students at the school. Shortly after, 
Mary's son, John, was found burned to death in a bed just a week after his mother and aunts had taken out a very large insurance policy on him. Sometime later, Caroline's daughter, Osi came to town and married her first cousin, Mary's son, Fletcher Sneed. Sometime after, Osi became pregnant and Fletcher left town. And so it was up to the Black Sisters to take care of her. It turns out they didn't take very good care of Osi and the baby after all. Shortly after the baby was born, it died to malnutrition. After that, Osi was found drowned in a bathtub just days after a large insurance policy was taken out on her as well. After all of these events, the sisters left town for New Jersey. Soon after their arrival, the authorities caught up with them. Caroline was convicted of murder and sentenced to seven years in a mental hospital where she later died. Mary pled guilty, but got off on a technicality. And after that, she fled to Colorado. Finally, Virginia starved herself to death before she could, before she ever saw a judge. Now, from what I've heard, there are two locations that the Black Sisters are said to haunt. The first one is the old Christiansburg Middle School building. The former middle school, which is now the Montgomery County Public Schools Technology Center, was built on top of the Montgomery County Female Academy, where it once stood. There have been reports of lights going out randomly, whispers and footsteps in the hallways when no one else is around, and dark shadowy figures in some of the rooms and hallways. The other location I've heard is one of the sisters is said to haunt Sunset Cemetery. This is where Virginia Warlord is said to be buried. Supposedly, a taxi driver claimed to have taken them to the cemetery on multiple occasions where they conducted some type of rituals at a gravesite. Was this ritual something that would allow them to later return? Rumor is that the grave they were performing the rituals on was the one Virginia was buried in. I've heard several people claim to have had seen their spirits in the cemetery. For the most part, people report seeing, a sh seeing shadow figures darting around the cemetery at night, but I've heard stories growing up that Virginia can be seen dancing around the cemetery at midnight. Dang. Yeah. Man, now that's a wild one right mm -hmm. there. I think one of these days, me and you should do one of these just on them alone. There's just, there's a, there's a lot 
I, I Donald, my, you know, my buddy Donald that does the location right. videos with me, he actually, he went to that school and he saw a shadow darting one time when he was going to the bathroom. Man. And he said, uh, yep. apparently that there's supposed to be a well under the gymnasium and that's where, uh, they tossed the, the infant baby. Wow. And you can hear that baby screaming sometimes. Goodness. Whew. Yeah. Oh, that man. alone is just. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I believe, yeah, in the video I did from that, that old middle school, if you remember, there's a, a figure in one of the windows in the video. Yes, that is freaky. Guys, if you haven't checked out that video on Spooky Appalachia, go look that up. It's a, it's a, like a white looking face in a window. Yeah, it was, it was an, an amazing capture, but also a freaky one. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know it was there. Yeah. All right, folks. The next one we got up is called the Witch's Swamp. Years ago, there was an old farm woman named Minnie Van Sickle that everybody said was a witch in our neighborhood. She lived on a curve in the road in a run-down old farmhouse and had two barns and a shed on her property. I remember riding down the road at night with my folks when I was a kid, and as the car would approach, the bend in the road where she lived at, the headlights would illuminate her front porch, and sometimes she'd be sitting on the porch glaring at us as we went around the bend. I once asked my great-aunt Jane about her, and she bluntly replied, She's a witch. Another time, I asked an old farm widow in her neighborhood about her. Now, this woman here was a highly Christian woman. And when I asked her if Minnie was a witch, she kindly hesitated and replied, Well, she's done some strange things. And that's all she said. Her land was once farmed by her husband. But before he died, he sold off all the farm ground to a man named Nicholson. But he kept the house and the barns and about five, six acres of his land. Nicholson was one of them fellers who had a lot of money and bought up land to eventually develop into houses. However, he never moves fast. And sometimes it's years before he does anything with the ground he buys. For instance, I used to squirrel hunt on his land. And today, there's a big old fancy home right where I used to sit and hunt gray squirrel. Well, apparently, even though Minnie no longer owned her farm ground, she would still try to run people off of it. I heard men talk of being back there in the woods early of the morning, waiting on the squirrels to start moving around, when it was almost as if she come out of nowhere. And Minnie would be standing there, glaring at him, and pointing with a bony finger, saying, Get off my land. Nicholson tried talking to her, but done no good. She continued to harass hunters and 
root diggers right up till she died. She told Nicholson, You'll never get to use my land for anything, Jim Nicholson. I'll see to it. When Minnie died, somebody burned down her house. And later, some came and burned down the barns and sheds. Nothing's left but a crumbling spring house down by the slope of her former home. When she died, having no heirs, her six acres come up on tax sale, and a man named Doherty bought it, and to this day has done nothing with the property. So in the years after Minnie's death, her former, her former farm began to spring up pockets of marshy ground. Nobody had an explanation for it. But year after year, the ground became more swampy and worthless for anything but game hunting. Then over the years, it even became too difficult to hunt in. And here and there, the growing swamp, you can find the deer stand that now sits out in the water, still attached to a tree. The place is now just a home for muskrats, coons, bobcats, good for trapping. And being a trapper, I asked Nicholson for permission to trap on it, which he granted. He just gave me a warning to watch for sinkholes and quicksand. First year I trapped, I did pretty good, but he was right about them sinkholes. I once found a muskrat lodge built over what looked like a deep sinkhole. So I cut a pole and run it down into the water. The thing went down about eight foot and still couldn't touch bottom. Twice I broke through the surface and sunk up over my knees. It was lucky both times to have a partner trapping with me. One of the creepiest things was finding fence posts sticking up out of that swamp with fence wire still stapled to it. The land certainly had a gloomy air to it, and it still does. What made me finally quit trapping the place weren't the lack of critters nor the swampy ground. It was the handprints. One morning I was headed back into the swamp to check my traps and I noticed a white handprint on a tree right where I went in. More than that, as I followed my line, I began to notice more handprints on more trees. I didn't touch them, but they seemed to be made of some sort of powder. This kept going on, and that spooked me. I figured somebody was watching me, so one morning I entered the swamp at a point where I'd never gone into before. The next morning, there was the white handprints on the trees in the obscure place I had entered. Well, that was enough for me. I quit trapping there and won't enter that place anymore. I took some photos from around the place, but I'll never set foot in that swamp again. Old Nicholson is gone now, and his son owns the ground. He said it's a worthless piece of property to him, and it's been classified as a wetland. Mm -hmm. So it can never be used for anything except waterfowl and critters that live in it. And maybe, 
just maybe the spirit of a witch who to this day won't let anybody use her land. Wow. Man, that was a good one. And thanks so much for uh, Steve Shackelford, uh, Alligator Horse, for sending that one in. Yeah, definitely check out his YouTube channel. That was an amazing story. And mm-hmm. one thing that kept sticking out in that story to me it was like he said, them handprints. Yeah. You know, how did they get there? What was in the pot? It seemed like they made it some sort of powder. Or whatever. I wonder if it could have been like some kind of ashes or something. Uh, the the, pen, the fence posts, the, the sunken fence post with the wire attached still, that's that's pretty weird too. Yeah, definitely. Normally the, the current from the water or the water, you know, pushing it would. Uh, oh, yeah. It would have took that, that down. And uh, everything. That or it would have rusted out, you know. Right, right. And eventually, the, well, over the years, the water probably would have, you know, rotted the wood away and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just all kind of factors when it comes to stuff being underwater. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, that was definitely a good one, too. Mm-hmm. So next is one my, my brother-in-law told me about. Um He uh, he found out about it from his uh, mail route near Withville, Virginia. Yeah, this is a good one, too. One of his co-workers told him to watch out delivering mail near the witch's house at the end of town. He said that a lot of strange stuff happened near there. The other mailmen did not want that route, so it was given to my brother-in-law, being the new guy. The story took place about 11 or 12 years ago. A lady lived there. She was kind of a hermit and kept to herself. Even back then, no one wanted to deliver to her house. They all said she was a witch and she would sneak up on anyone who came by and chase them off. People said animals would go missing and people too from that area. Eventually she passed away, maybe about a year after that, a huge storm came into town. All the houses in the area were damaged, except for the witch's house. It was in perfect condition. And even 10 years later, the house is abandoned for 10 years. And it looks exactly the same. And to this day, no one wants to go near the place. There are rumors that the spirit of the old lady will show up and run off anyone who comes near. Dang. That was a real good one, too. Yeah, he showed me a picture of the house. It looks like somebody lives there, but nobody lives there. There's there's like a sign on the gate that goes up to the house. It, It says the 
keep out and something about abandoned property. I hadn't seen it in years, but um, wow, the house looks perfect, but the the grass is all overgrown and everything. Right, and you know, being abandoned for ten years, but looking like it's brand new. Wow, I mean, that's just wow. Kind of makes you wonder if you know that's true. Maybe she puts kind of spell on it or something. Yeah, to protect the place. Yeah. All righty, folks. Next up, we got one called "Witch at the Church." Deep in the woods of Appalachia, past the old war. Ravage Town. There's a cemetery on top of a hill. There's an old yet abandoned church lost to time. All that remains is four brick windowless walls covered in graffiti and vines. The roof is barely hanging on. This place is where an old Appalachian witch named Joyce Bishop did these vile things. This place is riddled with horrible history. Slaves being hanged, run away, all kinds of stuff. Joyce Bishop performed rituals inside the shell of a church. She sacrificed innocent animals in a hole in concrete floor, paying tribute to evil spirits, or even the old devil himself. When she passed, she was buried in the cemetery. And when nighttime rolls around, she roams the cemetery looking for trespassers to run off. Only she can use this place for her own. And it's told that she'll appear to you, telling you that you don't belong here and leave this place now. Then she runs to you, disappearing just before she gets to you. As you walk through the cemetery, you can feel somebody following you, touching you, and breathing down your neck. So when you're out in Appalachia, you better know where you are. That's another one right there that'll just run the hair up on the back of your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about it. Ooh, mercy. Uh, and th- this one's from our uh, friends at Myers Paranormal, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he also yeah. has Yeah, he also has a channel called uh Myers Tales of Appalachia. Well, big thanks to you guys for sending us that for this uh little collaboration for all y'all to listen to for this wonderful Halloween month. Absolutely, man. These were some real good ones. Mm-hmm. I hope people like this one. I, I sure did. Oh, yeah. Me too, man. Me too. And folks, if I, you got any, send them to us. Yeah, we'd love to do some more witch stories. They're, they're always good. Always. So Absolutely. You, if you see down there in the little ticker, you can email us at spookyappalachia at gmail.com. Definitely. And let us know what you thought about this one, too. Man, did you like this? And We're thinking about going forward, doing a, a Friday premiere once a month with a collection of stories and featuring it on the channel. Absolutely so. If y'all like it, 
let me know and you know we'll keep doing it. it it's been fun oh yeah it's been a blast mm-hmm. we hope you enjoy it and that uh you'll tune in for the next one and uh big thanks to jared for coming on today and uh, check out his channel jared king tv where he tells some amazing appalachian stories too thanks so much yeah it's always an honor to be here well, i appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's that's it for now. Um, definitely make sure you subscribe, like, share this out. Tell Absolutely. all your friends and kinfolk. And yeah, buddy. Keep coming back for more. Have a safe and blessed Halloween. Good night, folks. God bless and have a good one.